0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Beijing, China with my good friend Austin Bellino, the host of the Culture to Grow podcast. Austin moved to China to teach English to students and met his wife while living there. He loves how the city's full of historical events that blend with the modern architectural marvels. In this episode, Austin and I talk about visiting the Great Wall of China, exploring the Forbidden City, and ordering the noodle dance at his favorite restaurant. you hear about these three incredible interactions and so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit China, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Beijing. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Hey, Austin, welcome to the show. Thank you, and I'm glad to be here. Today we're talking about Beijing, China. It's a city that I've learned so much about, but I've never had a chance to go there. And today we're going to be so awesome to have you on the show and and talk about all these amazing tips for it.
1: Yeah, I love that people are interested in coming and there's so much history. There's a modern nation as well. It's going to be a great journey. I hope that through my advice, someone can come and enjoy it as well.
0: Absolutely. So what's your connection to the city?
1: Uh, so basically, after graduating from college, I decided to go abroad to live, and I selected Beijing to live there, and I just ended up settling there for quite a long time where I met my wife um, and just fell in love with the city
0: and just the amazing experiences you can have there. Oh, sure. I'm sure just like even through the courtship of your wife and everything like that, like I'm sure you had some just really amazing experiences of being able to see all the attractions and all the great places to eat.
1: Yeah, it's always good to see beyond just those touristy places, really learn about the culture. And Beijing is the perfect place to kind of cover all those bases.
0: Right on. So if you had to describe like the people or the, the city in just a couple of words, how would you do that?
1: It's definitely historical. So anywhere you go, you'll see hutongs where those older style homes where they're individually placed, the Forbidden City, the Great Wall, lots of historical areas that are so important to see. Great for pictures and just being
0: able to relive history. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like you said, it's such a, in some ways it's a, such a modern city, but also, you know, America here, right? We, we've been around for about 250 years or whatever. And that's like a drop in the bucket compared to the history of there in, in China and Beijing. Yes, yeah, so
1: it dates back, I mean, well before the U.S. history. And they always joke and say America is still a baby compared to China. Um, and it's nice just because if you're walking, you're going to see a ma- amazing modern building. And then right to the left of you, you might see a, an old temple so they really blend it well throughout the city.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So if people are planning their trip to, to Beijing, what's the weather like throughout the year? And, and are there certain times where they maybe they want to plan their trip around like a certain festival or just like better weather? So there's
1: typically four seasons, uh, but fall and spring are around three weeks. So you get about three good weekends and then it gets cold or it gets very hot. Uh, the best time to come is in September. The reason for this being that all the students are back into school. The weather is perfect. You're not dealing with lots and lots of people. When you have those holidays and you try to go during those times, it's fully packed with people. It's a lot of things are sold out. Movement in lines is very slow. So you want to make sure that you avoid those main holidays just so that you can really experience Beijing.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I know, like you know, we have big cities like you know, San Francisco and New York and things like that here in the US, but even those big cities here pale in comparison to how big like Beijing is. I mean, I don't know how many people are, are there, but like, I mean, there's got to be tens of millions of people, right, in that whole area?
1: Yes. And they're kind of concentrated into very small areas uh, just because that's where all the restaurants are, the shopping malls, the best schools are. So there's a big concentration of people. And they even have kind of a saying where it's people mountain, people see, where wherever you look, you're seeing just rows and rows of people. So um, just be aware of that when you're trying to plan.
0: And so, okay, so you know, I'm here in Nashville and I used to live in L.A. And and so if we're going to go and visit Beijing, obviously we would just, there's probably like direct flights from like L.A. or like from the West Coast over there?
1: Yeah, so there's direct flights basically from all major cities in the U.S. Uh, Chicago, L.A. is a big popular one. Um, anywhere on that West Coast, there's some from Seattle, Vancouver even, uh, which is a little bit north. Um, And they're all basically going to fly into Beijing Capital Airport. This is the main international hub for all incoming flights.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I know, obviously, you know, we have some of our major carriers like United and Delta that fly there, but I know that uh, China also has their own airlines and as well as other Asian airlines. Do you have any favorites as far as like, if somebody's looking for like a really good experience to fly over there?
1: Probably out of the two that I do, I do a mixture of both. One would be United is definitely that American brand that gets the direct flights. They have most of the direct flights that go there, which is always nice. And then there's also Air China, which is popular as well. Um, and then Air Canada could be another option as well, just because they happen to fly from North America as well to China directly. Uh, you just got to be careful with some of the other airlines because they will stop over in Seoul, South Korea, and then go to Beijing. So just be aware of that when you're planning.
0: So say, okay, we, we're now arriving in, at the Beijing airport. From there to the city where we're going to stay for a hotel, how do we get from the airport to there? Is there public transportation? Do we take a, like an Uber? Do we rent a car? What's the best way to get around?
1: So the best way to get around is going to be the subway. They have around 20 major lines that are interconnecting through the city. So wherever your hotel is or the location you first want to go to, it's easily accessible through the subway line.
0: Okay. And I would assume that they would have like day passes or like a week pass, something like that. So that way, you're not having to buy a ticket every time you go through the...
1: Yeah. So right when you get off the airline, you're kind of going to follow all the signs. And basically, it'll tell you pick up your baggage. And then right next to the baggage claim, uh, you're going to go to the... The one from the airport to the main city center, there's only one. So you can't go the wrong way. You can't get lost. You basically just get on um, and it takes you directly into the city um, and you can buy a pass beforehand. I would always recommend loading it up with about 50 rem which is anywhere from like six to $7, just because that gets you at least a few days worth so that you can get acclimated in the city. And then you can add on depending on what you decide to do.
0: Okay. Now, with Americans, we always kind of assume that everywhere we go, there's English, right? When we go into the, the, the Beijing airport, as we go around, are there signs in English or is it, do we have to learn a little Chinese beforehand or do we get like a Google Translate to, on our phones so that way we can make sure we know where we're going?
1: Yeah, the airport, subway, main tourist sections are all going to have kind of a hybrid English with Chinese and there will be English speakers, mostly if you go to someone who's kind of in the younger generations, um, they're going to be able to speak some English but once you try to go and explore Beijing a little bit more, you go to the restaurants. You can ask, of course, for a menu in English, but if it's more niche for the locals, then you're going to have to sacrifice that knowledge of the language for amazing food. So it, it does come with some English variation.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's like a definitely a worthy you know, transfer, right? Like I'd rather have the, the much better food and struggle a little bit trying to understand the menu versus like, okay, go to like the more like the touristy place that maybe has higher prices and and not as good of a food.
1: Exactly. And there's pictures everywhere. So all the menus have pictures. So you can kind of figure out, well, there's broccoli. I love broccoli. Here's beef. You can kind of follow along with the pictures
0: and it'll help you order some food. Okay. That makes sense. Now you mentioned like the the RMBs and everything. Do we need to have a bunch of cash or are credit cards accepted everywhere we go or how does that work?
1: Yeah, most places are going to accept credit card, but there are situations where if you don't have a Visa or MasterCard, maybe you have American Express, you might run into some issues. So going to a currency exchange before you go to the airport, the rates are much better. And then you can kind of have some cash on hand. This is going to be for when you get the subway. I mean, at the hotel deposit, that can be all run through credit card. But if you're going to any local kind of shops or what we would say like food trucks where very authentic food, you would probably have to use cash at that point.
0: Okay. Now, as far as like getting into China, do we need to have a visa or are there certain other paperwork that's required for us to be able to enter the country?
1: Yeah. So basically you're definitely gonna have to get a visa and typically you're going to want to get your visa about three months before you travel. The most important piece of information is going to be the flight ticket. So you have to prepare that flight information before you go. So you can show proof that you're going And then also, hotel or information where you're going to be staying. So, those two pieces have to be planned before you get the visa process. So, some people are a little bit worried well, what if my visa gets canceled or I get refused? That's usually not the case as long as you have that proof of the documentation that you're going there for the reason of tourism.
0: All right. So, you know, we've taken the public transportation and we're heading into the kind of the core of the city. Do you have any like recommendations for hotels or as far as like, different parts of the city or just hotel brands that you really like? Yeah, so there's mainly two kind of locations where the bulk of the hotels
1: are and the places that you want to be because that's where all the attractions are where you can walk or jump on a, a shared bike as well to kind of get around. And I think some of them would be like Intercontinental Hotel. The Hilton has two basically right across the street from each other. The Waldorf, which is a little bit more upper scale if someone's willing to spend more on their stay. Um, Or they also have like the Hilton Beijing, Wangfujing, which is right in the city center. Uh, One hotel that I love is the Peninsula Beijing. They were established in 1989, so they have a vast amount of history. Their appearance is very Chinese style with the architecture, the artwork in there. But it's also very modern with all the latest technology, iPads in the rooms, electronic panel. Um, So it's a very nice blend of everything. And my favorite part about that is just the, the 50T options they have where you can see all of the traditional Chinese style where they pour the tea and they give you that whole ceremony, which is always a nice uh, added bonus.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. You definitely want those like local experiences like that. That's really what kind of makes the whole trip, right? That, that's where you're going to be able to like show pictures of your friends and like really be excited and talking about those stories.
1: Oh yeah. And then you get to see it because you may have it in the U S where they try to replicate the process, but it's never the same appearance. They're in certain gowns where it, it's completely, like you're basically just in a whole new world almost. You're just embedded in the environment, drinking
0: amazing tea and just kind of relaxing. Well, that's fantastic. Now, as we're kind of exploring and, and walking around, are there certain areas of the city that you should avoid to make sure maybe they're not as safe or some cities, like if you during the day, they're fine, but maybe in the evening, you're like, ah, eh, maybe it's a little sketchy that you want to be a little bit more on the lookout.
1: Yeah, mostly all of Beijing is relatively safe. Some of the areas in the south or the west, it's not an ideal place to go just because there's not a lot to do there. It's very, lots of locals are there. It's more like just laid back, busy life of the Chinese style. So some tourists may not have time to go and see those areas because there's not a lot of exciting things, Instagram or picture worthy experiences there, I would say.
0: Okay. As far as like the things that we should be doing there, obviously, you know, I know, uh, Tiananmen Square and the Great Wall of China and some of these other things are really on like high on people's list of things to do. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about like what you recommend people to do when they're visiting Beijing?
1: Kind of you're going to have to bunch it up into days. So Tiananmen Square, the Forbidden City, they're basically right next to each other. So those would be kind of paired together on one day. Um, if someone is interested in the museums, there's about three or four museums right there. One focusing with the art, the historical and then the modern side of things as well. So you're kind of hitting that whole cultural piece right there. Um, and then the Great Wall, which is kind of outside of the city, it's still considered Beijing, but it's a little bit outside. So you'll have to take either a tourist bus or there's also like mini buses or cabs that specifically take tourists to that area. Um, those would be the two major destinations that you probably want to see to check off that, that list if you have a bucket list.
0: Okay. Now, as far as like, Going out to the Great Wall, like you said, it's about an hour outside of the city. From that, do you recommend somebody just kind of getting the taxi on their own, or should they do it as part of a tour?
1: Um, So it depends on what you want. If you do go through the tour route, be expected to be sold. They will take you to either a jade shop, they'll take you to a silk kind of creation shop, where they'll try to sell you things. It's interesting to see the process, but then they get into sales mode there. But if you're looking just to go to the Great Wall, spend as much time as you can there and avoid a lot of people then I would definitely take the cab route. Um, work with your concierge because they can make sure they set up a time and and make sure that it's legit. It's, they won't be able to overprice or rip you off if you go through that hotel.
0: For sure. And, and I think in some ways like getting your own taxi is probably a better option just in the sense of, as long as you're comfortable with it, just in a better sense of you're not going to be rushed. Like if you're on one of those tours, like they're, I mean, they're there and it's like, look, you have 30 minutes and you'd be back here on the bus, be ready to go. Cause we're, we're taking off versus if you have your own ride, you can say, Hey, you know, what? I'm going to explore a little bit longer. I'm going to make sure that I have plenty of time to be able to see and soak in the entire experience instead of just being rushed. Yeah.
1: And there's locations actually for the taxi drivers to kind of go and hang out. So they're happy because they, Got there, basically pay for the day. They're relaxing and you get to enjoy with stress-free, no one haggling you, and you can really experience the Great Wall.
0: Right on. Okay, so you kind of mentioned earlier about some of the different temples and things like that. Uh, What are some of the the temples that maybe people want to add to their experience of visiting Beijing? Yeah, so the the two main ones would be Lama Temple, Summer Palace um, are two of the main ones.
1: But there's also a very small kind of off the track. You wouldn't see this in many travel guides to go but it's it's right actually north of the forbidden city it's basically called jingshan park and there's a little small temple there uh, but what makes it so amazing is that the kind of the older generations will come there and some will be in groups working out Uh, you can you could see a 90 year old doing pull-ups on a, a bar you can see older ladies dancing in groups of 100 plus people playing the accordion it's such a unique kind of situation because they've already taken care of their grandchild. They've cooked the food. Now it's their time, and it's so intriguing to watch them interact with each other.
0: Oh, I love that. Some of us, we, we could barely do push-ups or pull-ups now, let alone being 90 years old. So that's really awesome. Yes, it's very intimidating <laughs> at times. Now, as far as, um, you know, I'm I'm frugal, you know, I like to be able to save a little bit of money whenever I'm traveling and everything. Are there any certain apps or websites or anything like that that we should look into that maybe we could, we could save a few dollars on our trip?
1: Yeah. So the main apps that are used in the country would be Taobao, which they actually have an English version. And here you can actually purchase tickets, any for events, uh, like a Beijing opera. If you want to go see the show, you can get it through Taobao for much cheaper. Um, and there's also Dianping, which is of more focus on restaurants is well in some places we'll give you discounts because you have that app and they'll tell you take a picture and then you can take a picture and, and they'll give you another discount or a free dish um, but those are the two applications that are definitely necessary and they do have English variations.
0: Oh nice uh, now my kids are, are getting to that age where they love roller coasters and, and rides and everything and I understand that there's a new Universal Studios that's opening up there near Beijing as well.
1: yeah, so they just recently opened probably within about a year and a half ago. Which is amazing. It's, I mean, Universal Studios is popular anywhere you go. So they just recently opened, um, and they have all the rides. They have the Minions there. They have all sorts of Transformers. So it's, it's still the same experience you can get anywhere. And they do offer different rides as well, which is nice for someone who goes to all the parks around
0: the world. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm an adult, but I, I love those I love those like, roller coaster rides too. You know, so it's it's got that fun thrill seeking adventure.
1: And there's there is also local. uh brand as well like happy valley is located in beijing as well towards that west side where the cbd area is so that's definitely within distance if the kids don't want to go and learn about the historical things in a museum you can drop
0: them off for the day and the parents
1: can go somewhere else
0: oh so it's like a babysitting service almost right almost yeah (laughs) that's awesome now obviously you know in beijing there's tremendous different food experiences and everything. What are some of your favorite places that people should go when they're visiting and make sure they get like that local flavor?
1: Definitely one place that I fell in love with as soon as I went there was, it's called Lost Heaven. Now this is not necessarily typical Beijing cuisine, but it it is Southern China. So you're still going to get that authentic feel, but it's actually located inside the the previous U.S. embassy headquarters. So the buildings are very uniquely set up. Um, they have a jazz uh kind of a jazz band in the basement, and just to be able to walk the grounds and kind of feel where U.S. members were long, long ago, is, it's quite a very unique experience, and the food is amazing.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Any other suggestions as far as like maybe for a breakfast or like a, like a nice dinner or something like that?
1: Yeah, so if you're going to want to get Peking Duck, which is probably traditional Beijing food, and the place to go is called Minfu. This is the location that has most people will say the best pecking duck in Beijing, just because it hasn't been kind of taken over by the tourism side of things. It's very authentic and it it always has the best chefs. Um, and they even cut the duck kind of near you so that you can watch them kind of preparing it. Um, and the best part of this is actually you get to dip the skin in sugar um, and it basically kind of melts in your mouth. So it's such a nice, weird, unique, not many people will enjoy eating the skin, but with that sugar coated, it's, it's, it's very unique taste and flavor.
0: Oh, that sounds marvelous. I was looking a little bit about this restaurant and I, I found out that I guess it it takes a little while for you to be able to get seated there kind of long lines. It's really popular, but they actually give you ice cream or there's ice cream there that you can like have while you're waiting.
1: Oh yeah. So if you get there maybe at a prime time, like 6 PM, you you could wait 45 minutes to an hour, but they have ice cream, they have snacks, uh, tomatoes, and you can kind of munch on that uh, while you wait. It's kind of even like a a nice community. Everyone is there enjoying ice cream, laughing. It's a good environment to wait. And you're still able to kind of experience the culture and enjoy the time there, even though you're waiting temporarily.
0: Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's one of those things I could just bribe my kids. Hey, look, we're going to go to this restaurant. We're going to be there for a little while waiting in line, but you get to have ice cream and they'll be all for it. Of course. Yeah. The kids (laughs) always love it. Right on. now, are there any like uh, recommendations for like a like a breakfast? Is, is it more of like a traditional breakfast they have there, or is it kind of like an American style breakfast? How does that work?
1: So, if someone is going to be brave and they want to try something different, they definitely can go. Most breakfast places are kind of right on the street. Um, you can basically go down from most hotels. They're going to have an area where you can get the typical breakfast food. The main thing with this is it's not in a proper building sometimes, so you want to make sure that you're willing to take kind of a a non-traditional restaurant style where you're just basically standing in line, they give you the food and you eat it. A lot of times it's actually soup, uh, which is not very normal breakfast food for foreigners. So I would always recommend your hotels will have some type of breakfast offered. Some are even free. Load up on that and that'll get your traditional eggs, bacon, sausage. Uh, but if you are brave enough, you can go out and try. One of my favorites is soybean milk, which is kind of a nice flavor and how they add the sugar to it. It's a nice feel to it.
0: Oh, wow. One of the other things I, I saw that I guess was kind of like an interesting experience, I guess it's a, a hot pot.
1: Yeah. So the hot pot is very famous um, and the best place to go is going to be Heidi Lau um, just because they have the amenities, which to me, the first time I went there are quite ridiculous inside there. They have a playground with a staff member. there watching children, women while they're waiting for their food or getting into their seat, there's a nail salon there. So they can get their nails done um, men. There's shoe shining service. Um, they have everything that you can imagine, chargers, hair nets, aprons, gloves, a full salad bar with snacks and fruit. And then the experience, of course, with the noodle dance, you must get the noodles regardless if you like them or not. They'll basically dance with a long noodle in front of you. It'll fly over your head. It's, it's just such a unique experience.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like, I, I love it. Just you're talking to people like you, just fighting about these local experiences that you can't find anyplace else or... If you are just a normal tourist and went there, you may not ever know about that these experiences even existed. So that for, so for, thanks for sharing with that.
1: Yeah, some of them are tucked away in nooks and crannies or in shopping malls where most tourists maybe won't even go just because they're not there to shop. They're there to explore the city. So it's definitely something to keep
0: in mind. Well, that's so awesome. Well, Austin, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Beijing. Now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Beijing, where should they go and what should they eat?
1: you have to go to what i just mentioned heidi lao get the hot pot enjoy the whole experience make sure that you're there for at least one to two hours you can just basically eat for hours there and just really enjoy yourself and enjoy the atmosphere
0: and of course get the noodle dance of course (laughs) right on well like you said you lived in beijing for many years after graduating college what's one of the most memorable stories of being there
1: But this is a two part because my wife is listening. So I will say the the best memory, of course, was meeting my wife there and a beautiful daughter who's two right now. But besides that, uh, my first month being in Beijing, I was offered to jump on a van with a local Chinese and my Chinese wasn't great. Uh, Their English wasn't great, but we ended up going out to the Great Wall. We paid a farmer roughly about $1.75 to get on his land to walk to this part of the Great Wall. And once we were there, it was just the eight of us on the Great Wall for miles and miles and no one else was there. And that was probably the most memorable experience I've had thus far in Beijing.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, because like a lot of times you see pictures of it on Instagram or like on the, on the internet of these really remarkable features like the Great Wall. And it's like, oh my God, it's so awesome. But then when you go there and it's yourself actually being an experience and it's just overly packed with all these tourists and it's impossible to get a photo because there's all these people photobombing you and everything like that. So it's really cool that you've got that experience where you're like, it's just you and you can't see anybody for miles. Yeah, which is
1: very unique. And especially with the Great Wall, the history that it has, it was just nice to be able to sit down at the top of one of the towers and just
0: breathe it all in. Wow, that sounds incredible. Now, speaking of good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Beijing? So for a traditional one during the weekdays, I would recommend
1: Jing A Tap, which is you're gonna get a a Beijing local beers, the good environment they have kind of a old style Chinese architecture. Uh, But then on the weekends, Beersmith is great. They have a wide selection of beers and that usually lasts from about 11 to seven, which is quite a long time on
0: a weekend. Oh, fantastic. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Beijing? All right, I am hoping my family in Chicago
1: is not listening to this right now. <laughs> I would have to say pie squared. They have fresh ingredients, nice vast amount of pepperonis on the pizza, but what makes it a little bit different, it is Detroit style, so it is the square pieces, but in Beijing, it's the best you could find.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Like It's always like a, kind of cool to see like the Chicago people versus New York versus Detroit. They all kind of battling over to see who has the, the best pizza.
1: Oh yeah, so that's why. I, hopefully they're not listening to this. <laughs>
0: Now, obviously, you know a lot about China and you kind of go back and forth between the U.S. and China and then all the other countries you've been to. What's one of your best travel tips?
1: One thing that I definitely recommend, especially in the airport in Beijing, I'm located in Chicago, so it's the same goes for O'Hare Airport as well. Get to the airport early. I always say my vacation doesn't start until I'm through the security line. Um, So that's always one tip that I have for those locations.
0: I mean, I, one of the things I love about traveling the way that we do is we have access to a lot of the, the airport lounges. So getting there early, you know, is fine because we can just go to the lounge and hang out, maybe get a, a drink, get a little snacks, relax a little bit. And that way you, know, you can just be ready to go on, on your flight. Yeah, there's
1: lots to do there. They have chargers. It, it just they're kind of
0: appealing to more and more people to,
1: that are kind of hanging around there.
0: Well, awesome. Well, Austin, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I've learned so much about Beijing and I can't wait to, to go visit myself and experience it with myself and, and my family. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? So basically, my name is Austin Blino. I'm from
1: Chicago and lived in Beijing for quite some time. And what I am mainly focused on right now is a podcast called Culture to Grow, which the main focus is just trying to bring this enormous world together um, in hopes to, so that people can kind of build connections, learn about different cultures, I mean, just kind of travel even from the comfort of their home. The main thing was that I, I spent some time in China for five years, learned about the culture, traveled for 12 different countries. And then my goal is always to see the non-touristy things, really experience a, a country
0: on that next level. For sure. That's awesome. Well, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. So that way people can subscribe to your podcast and listen to all the different awesome uh, episodes you have available. But if somebody has questions about your podcast, or about Beijing, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? The best way is to find me on LinkedIn. If you have any questions about Beijing or about any of my projects, please reach out that way. And I'm more than happy to connect with you. Awesome. we'll, we'll definitely include that in the show notes. And Austin, it's been a great talking to you. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you. And I'm glad that I had this opportunity to share information about the lovely Beijing. What a fun conversation with Austin. i love to visit Beijing to explore the historical attractions like the Great Wall of China someday. You can find all the links we talked about at wetravelthere.com forward slash Beijing. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we visit Gary, Indiana, to speak with my new friend Joseph S. Pete, the author of Secret Northwest Indiana. In this episode, we talk about exploring the Indiana Dunes National Park, visiting the Mascot Hall of Fame, and attending the Valparaiso Popcorn Festival. Who to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way, you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.